Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us in the final segment of the show. It is May the 16th, and on this day in 1918, the United States Congress passed the Sedition Act, a piece of legislation designed to protect America's participation in World War I. Along with the Espionage Act of the previous year, the Sedition Act was orchestrated largely by A. Mitchell Palmer, the United States Attorney General under Woodrow Wilson. The Espionage Act passed shortly after the U.S. entrance into the war in early April 1917 made it a crime for any person to convey information intended to interfere with the U.S. Armed Forces prosecution of the war or to promote the success of the country's enemies. Aimed at socialists, pacifists, and other anti-war activists, the Sedition Act imposed harsh penalties on anyone found guilty of making false statements that interfered with the prosecution of the war, insulting or abusing the U.S. government, the flag, the Constitution, or the military, agitating against the production of necessary war materials, or advocating or teaching or defending any of these acts, Those who are found guilty of such actions, the act stated, should be punished by a fine of not more than $10,000. That was a lot of tamales back in the day. Or imprisonment of not more than 20 years or both. This was the same penalty that had been imposed for acts of espionage in the earlier legislation. Though Wilson and Congress regarded the Sedition Act as crucial in order to stifle the spread of dissent within the country in the time of war, modern legal scholars, and well, not just scholars, but me, considered the act as contrary to the letter and spirit of the U.S. Constitution, namely to the First Amendment of the United States. One of the most famous prosecutions under the Sedition Act during World War I was that of Eugene Debs, a pacifist labor organizer and founder of the Industrial Workers of the World, IWW, who had uh, run for president in 1900 as a social democrat and in 1904, 1908, and 1912 on the Socialist Party uh, of America ticket. After delivering an anti-war speech in June of 1918 in Canton, Ohio, Debs was arrested, tried, and sentenced to 10 years in prison under the Sedition Act. Debs appealed the decision, and the case eventually reached the Supreme Court, where the court ruled Debs had acted with the intention of obstructing the war effort and upheld his conviction. In the decision, Chief Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes referred to the actor, the earlier landmark case of Schreck and the United States, where Schreck, also a socialist, had been found guilty under the Espionage Act after distributing flyers urging uh, recently drafted men to oppose the U.S. conscription policy. In this decision, Holmes maintained that freedom of speech and uh, press could be constrained in certain instances and that the question in every case is whether the words used are used to such circumstances and are such a nature that to create a clear and present danger uh, that would uh, prevent uh, substantive evils that the uh, Congress had a right to prevent. 
Debs' uh, sentence was commuted in 1921 when the Sedition Act was repealed by Congress. Major portions of the Espionage Act remain part of the United States law in the present day, although the crime of sedition was largely limited by the famous libel case Sullivan v. New York Times, 1964, which determined that the press's criticism of public officials unless a plaintiff could prove that the statements were made maliciously or with reckless disregard for the truth was protected speech under the First Amendment. This is a very slippery slope, and I certainly understand how uh, our elected officials want to make sure that we're all on board and uh, marching in the same direction when it comes to going into war. But uh, free speech is critical to a functioning society and a democracy and republic and must be protected under all circumstances, no matter how inconvenient uh, the uh, speech is, in my opinion. See what happened in, in during the uh, COVID-19 episode and uh, how limiting free speech really was uh, such an uh, uh, imposition on the American people. <clears throat> Got to be careful of this type of stuff. Well, Naples bumped up to the sixth place in uh, uh, to live based on value, desirability, job market, and quality of life, according to new rankings from U.S. News and World Report. Uh, Sarasota was one spot better at fifth place, according to the data. Naples rose five spots from number 12 last year because of its high desirability score. Fort Myers was the 91st. Uh, U.S. News and World Report ranks 150 metropolitan areas for the best place to live each year based on a variety of data. Naples is listed as the safest place, followed by Port St. Lucie and uh, Fort Myers came in third for safety. Now, which city do you think uh, tops the list? This is amazing to me. It's Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's at the top spot, followed by Huntsville, Alabama. Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina came in third, and Boulder, Colorado in fourth. We're fifth. Well, there's no place I'd rather live than Naples, Florida. Republican Governor of Florida uh, Ron DeSantis enacted a new law on money that aims to eliminate diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, initiatives in higher education. The signing of the Senate Bill 266 fulfills DeSantis' earlier pledge in January to defund DEI programs on college campuses after the bill received approval from the state legislators on May the 3rd. Under the new signing law, public colleges and universities will be prohibited from utilizing taxpayer funds for DEI programs. During a press conference held in New College of uh, Florida, Governor DeSantis explained that this legislation would reinforce uh, or refocus the institutions on their traditional mission, which entails treating individuals as unique uh, rather than dividing them based on superficial characteristics like skin color. He further emphasized that the intention to priority is merit and accomplishments above affiliations with specific groups. Well done, Governor. Well, former President Donald Trump declared Monday that former FBI Director James Comey and Democrats have been have to be held account to account for spending so much time looking into alleged collusion between him and the Kremlin, uh, particularly now that the special counsel John Durham has released a report saying the probe shouldn't have taken place in the first place. I, much more importantly, the American people have been victims of this long-running and treasonous charade started by the Democrats, started by Comey, Trump said. There must be a heavy price to pay for putting our country through this, uh, during the report, more than 300 pages in all found that the Department of Justice and the FBI had failed to uphold their mission of strictly strict fidelity to the law with the Russian collusion probe. Uh, 
This uh, report took a long time because John Durham is very thorough in his investigation, Trump said, but the result is unequivocal and absolute disaster in terms of justice. The report damned the collusion probe as rooted in unreliable and unvetted allegations by Trump enemies and critics, though Durham's probe of the uh, pr- uh, probe ultimately resulted in few prosecutions. Trump decried the national security implications of the collusion probe, which he had long dismissed as politically motivated witch hunt. It turned out to be a giant and very dangerous hoax, he said. Durham's report was released Monday uh, afternoon after his uh, four-year deep dive into the origins of the FBI's original investigation, uh, which had been breathlessly dubbed Crossfire Hurricane. The original probe uh, focused on whether Trump campaign coordinated with Russia to influence the 2016 presidential election. Well, needless to say, it all turned out to be a big hoax. None of the information was true. The information was uh, uh, the department, and I'm talking about the FBI, did not adequately examine or question these materials and the motivations of of those providing them, even when it was above the same time, uh, about the same time, the director of the FBI and others learned of significant and potentially contrary intelligence, the report said, referring to such figures as FBI Director James Comey and former FBI Director Andrew McCabe. <clears throat> In a statement issued Monday afternoon, the FBI had said this about the matter. The conduct in 2016 and 17 that Special Counsel Durham examined was the reason the current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions which have now been in place for some time. Had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. This report reinforces the importance of ensuring the FBI continues to do its work with rigor, objectivity, professionalism, and American people deserve and rightly expect this is just incredible because if that were the case, then why uh, is did the IRS uh, whistleblower and his team entire criminal investigation on Hunter Biden's taxes and what his lawyers have described to Congress on Monday as an act of retaliation and possible obstruction of congressional inquiries, uh, they, that was called off in retaliation uh, for what's going on right now. These organizations are all weaponized, but as you can see, uh, the FBI has justified their behavior to say, hey, well, no worries. We've fixed everything now, so it'll never happen again. Uh, I don't think so. We need to have uh, a deeper dive into what's going on in the FBI and the Justice Department. They've been weaponized, and uh, now it's institutionalized, and we need to figure out how to eradicate injustice from these organizations. Well, House Speaker uh, McCarthy said Monday there's no progress on debt ceiling talks ahead of the meeting with uh, the President Joe Biden on uh, Tuesday in the White House. That's today. As the country pushes closer to a crisis over the need to deal with the legal borrowing limit, time is narrowing as Biden prepares to depart for a group of Group of Seven summit in Japan on uh, tomorrow. The standoff comes as the Treasury Department issued a new letter outlining its ability to continue paying the nation's bills. Yellen's letter to House and Senate leaders Monday said that agency estimates are unchanged on the possible X date when the U.S. could run out of cash. But Yellen's assessed, uh, assessment leaves some open for possible time extension on the uh, national default. So uh, this 11th hour uh, crisis continues, but it sounds like Yellen has probably communicated to the president, hey, we got a little bit more time than, than I've let on.
Who knows? But the point is they should negotiate this and get this behind us as soon as possible. Well, yesterday, the New York Fed released its first quarter report on household debt. Findings include a record high debt level of $17 trillion, persistent credit card debt, and rising delinquency rates. A tech well first quarter sees credit card balances decline as uh, uh, people pay off the money they spent over the holidays. Well, that didn't happen this time. For the st- first time since the New York Fed started tracking this 20 years ago, uh, this isn't the case, according to Bankrate's uh, senior industry industry analyst, Ted Rossman. Instead, balances remain flat over first quarter, suggesting that people aren't cutting back and are probably using credit cards to finance daily spending due to the rising cost of pretty much everything. It's not just the credit card balances that are flat. Delinquency is rising, as is, is its intimidating older brother's serious delinquency, which is uh, when a debt is 90 days past due. The Fed's report shows that 4.57% of credit card debt transitioned to serious delinquency last quarter, up from 3.04%. Plastic is the only thing to blame. Auto loans, mortgage debt, everything is getting out of balance right now. So again, proof positive that the American people are struggling uh, with this inflation in this economy created by the Biden administration. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo, our Florida State Senate President. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with our Florida State Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. You must be uh, catching your breath after a very busy legislative (laughs) session. I wish I could, but the governor's got us so busy um, they're running all over the state to bill signings that I haven't had a chance to to take to catch a breath. So you're on the road right now. Yeah, that is Broward County. Wow. For, uh, human trafficking bill and a few others. I'm not even I'm not even sure anymore because there's just so many of them that we need to uh, that he needs to sign. Well, it's it's been a historic session. I mean, the the good that you've created in this legislative session. It's just amazing. I don't know how many bills were passed, but uh, it's almost about three hundred, I think. I'm not really sure, um, you know, because of course I don't know if he's going to veto any or not, and uh, you know we have to wait wait for all that to shake out. Uh, any feedback on the budget? How's he responding to the budget that you submitted? So far, he hasn't really uh, said anything. My understanding is he's going to sign it. Sooner rather than later. Last year, I think he waited several, almost several months before he signed it. Um, but they've been asking for information from us, and uh, I believe that his staff is going through it right now. So I expect we'll have it done in the next couple of weeks. Well, I'm sure that's uh, that's a relief. So uh, t- yesterday, uh, the governor signed a bill about DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives right. in higher education. It's a little bit controversial because people are talking about the limitation of free speech and First Amendment rights and so forth. What are your thoughts? Well, um, that was an important bill uh, because, you know, just forget all the rhetoric from the, uh, the media, but, uh, you know, a lot of schools have become, have gotten to the point where, um, it's like if you don't agree with somebody, you're racist. Mm -hmm. And that's become the mantra, and it's a problem. So, um, you know, this bill basically says, you know, if you're going to teach, you can teach history, you can teach, you know, what occurred, but don't make that your, your, uh, your, uh, uh, not MO, but, you know, that can't be the way you you operate your business, I guess. All right, but it's propaganda. In other words, uh, I, I would infer that you can uh, talk about uh, these issues as right. and their place in history, but you can't promote them. Uh, that's as... Actually, you do. My, see, that's why you do what you do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it seems to me a pretty good bill. But again, I think, I think the governor and the legislature has opened the door against uh, criticism for such things as limiting free speech and so forth. 
Uh, and I'm sure you know, you're getting some. Here's the problem. They argue limiting free speech of just one segment of society. Mm-hmm. But what about the rights of others to disagree? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's not okay. Yeah. You make a that's good, the problem. You make a good point. I mean, the, the, we immediately the response is racist. <laughs> You're a racist for saying these things. And, exactly. and, and quite frankly, I think the intent is for to have a, an exchange among students and faculty on uh, diverse ideas so that people can actually do the analytical thinking around, well, which ideas might be best and so forth without necessarily exactly. promoting uh, exactly. one, one idea or another. That's, that's, that's right. And, you know, there, there were a number of, of bills that we passed this session along that, those lines, and I, and I support them. You know, obviously, it, we could have gone too far, but we didn't. We were very careful on how we crafted them to make sure that, as you say, people could share their thoughts and ideas. But it should be a sharing, not a, this is my way of how, yeah. what uh, I think is the biggest issue. Absolutely. So, uh, Kathleen, uh, did you leave anything? Uh, did anything not get done that you regret that it, which should have been done? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't. Well, the, in some initiatives, um, we're going to be working on. But in terms of getting the governor's agenda done, getting the speaker's agenda done, and getting my agenda done, uh, I think we we accomplished our goals and. Uh, you know, it was, it was an amazing session. And, you know, I'm hearing from people who've been in the process for 30, 40, 50 years that have said they've never seen such, um, such cooperation and coordination. You know, obviously we have a supermajority. Yeah. But we had a supermajority when I first uh, was elected to the House. And it, and it was pretty chaotic, uh, if I recall. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, being aligned with the Speaker and I have the same political philosophy um, I, ha- I have a very good relationship with the governor. Um, when I disagree with him, I tell him and he listens. Uh, sometimes he agrees, sometimes he doesn't. But that's the way it should be. Yeah, uh, no question. Kathleen Pastomo, again, our state Senate president. I just genuinely appreciate your contribution to the show here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and have a great day. You as well, thank you. Uh, she thinks she could catch her breath for a, breath for a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> She's off to pill signings uh, the week after the legislative session closes. Okay, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. We're going to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. I hope you check out the website. They get the politics and they know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to win in state legislatures. You can find out more by uh, visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Now it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, former host of a radio program in Madison, Wisconsin, and now uh, a stalwart resident of the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure. And two words. She made a historic splash. Martha Stewart. She's on. She, she's on the cover. Yeah. She's in the, the cover of uh, <clears throat> Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, and you say, "Well, that's great." Yeah. But then you find out she's eighty-one. Yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> but apparently, she's now the oldest person or woman to ever appear in the swimsuit edition. The previous oldest person was, I believe, seventy-four. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, eighty-one. Now, now they may have done some touch-up photography, but I mean, you got to you got to hand it to Sports Illustrated for doing that. Number one, yeah, and number two, she looks awesome. I mean, she is still running. She has a huge empire in a restaurant. Just opened a, a restaurant in Las Vegas. Uh, has runs a magazine. I mean, does so many different things. She hasn't slowed down. A bit. Well, she is Still one going strong. One smart woman, and she's run great businesses. There's no question about that. What's uh, interesting, of course, is that she had that little dust up about insider information and trading. You remember that, right? Did yep. she? Did she uh, spend some time in jail? I've forgotten now. Yeah, I think she went to prison for yeah. six months. Yeah, but you know what? It added to her cachet. It did. <laughs> It really did. So it's just remarkable. I, I, you know, I tip my cap to Martha Stewart because, again, to do what she's accomplished, what she's brought about, I think is just unbelievable. Uh, and right. she's a great, great businesswoman. Yeah, she certainly is. So that's she's my role model. That's great. 
the other role model I think is pretty darn cool is Ron DeSantis. And yesterday, you know, he signed that law, signed the bill that goes into law that defunds diversity, equity, and inclusion at colleges and universities in Florida. Yeah. And said, if you're going to have those programs, they're not going to be federally funded. Or state funded. Right, state or federal funded to uh, promote or maintain these uh, inclusivity programs. What do you think? I think it's awesome. And then he said, and then he wraps it all up and says, if you're going to study these niche subjects like transgender, then go to Berkeley. Yeah, it was great. I think the law is absolutely fabulous. And I mean, the outcome that they're seeking is to have uh, a, a real debate among the students so that they could take different uh, positions on topics and be able to discuss them freely without censorship and without uh, having propaganda or pushing one idea versus another. Right. But critics are saying this is now state-mandated censorship. I mean, you can't win. But let me ask you, do you think this will, in the long run, this will hurt or help him? Well, uh, you know, I think he's... That's an interesting way of really raising the question because I think he's doing what he thinks is best for the state of Florida. Now, Mm -hmm. if you take a look at in juxtaposition to uh, Joe Biden, I don't think he even cares what's best for the American people. He does what's what's, uh, politically expedient, and that's the difference, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, yes, I definitely do. And I think the demographics of Florida is different than, let's say, California uh Illinois I think they're older maybe there's a larger percentage of more conservative people in Florida because they're older and the old adage know your audience mm-hmm. um I think that he's doing the absolutely the best thing that's that's right for Florida and for the universities and for the students I applaud it would the, meanwhile in California they want to give, what, $5 million to each descendant of slavery. Yeah. How is that going to work? Well, How is that it, going to be best for the state? That uh, Last year, the state of California had a $9 billion surplus. This year, <laughs> this year they have a $30 billion deficit. So I, I don't know if you heard, but Governor Newsom just threw the brakes on, slammed on the brakes on that whole idea of reparations. That's not going to happen, he said. So apparently that's put on hold. But the, but the whole notion is just really stupid. It's just, you know, it goes to show. I think, I'm not sure if you and I had this discussion, but uh, the whole notion of home rule makes a lot of sense to me. The closer that government is to the people and making the decisions, the better it's going to be. Unless they get all kind of wrapped up in their underwear about uh, well, stupid ideas like uh, DEI, uh, diversity, mm-hmm. uh, uh, equity, and inclusion, or uh, racism, right. and all those things, and then that, that can just where it lead to you know you get to this group think and woke beliefs, and you end up with government that's not functioning. I give him credit that he's saying enough is enough. Mm-hmm. This is bizarre. We have drifted too far off track. And I, I mean, I really give, I'm surprised more states are not doing that. Well, uh, you know, I think the, to one hypothesis I'll suggest is that I think some governors are just uh, kind of testing the wind, seeing which way the wind is blowing. And they're not 
de dedicated and committed to uh, principles of uh, governing, whereas I think Ron DeSantis puts the people first. He has committed to principles of governing, and therefore it's very clear in his mind. He understands that he's going to get feedback and blowback on these ideas, but he goes he, with courage. He goes through with his commitments to these things, and you know what? It's working. And I'll suggest this, that as a consequence, perhaps some people that are on the fence, independents, and even Democrats are saying, hey, this stuff is pretty good. I, th <laughs> I think I'll become a Republican. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's leading the charge. And let's see if other governors have the uh, cojones to follow along. Yeah, no question about it. I think... Uh I think he's makes you uh, proud to live in Florida. Well, exactly my sentiment. I'm so pleased that uh, you know over time, you don't know what's going to happen politically or otherwise uh, t uh, ten, twenty years uh, uh, in in the past. But right now, we are just so fortunate to live in the state of Florida. I see, I see our governing structure here in Florida and our governor and the legislature as being the firewall with what's happening here in the rest of the nation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And whether or not he runs, throws his hat in the ring, <coughs> I think he's, what he's doing right now is awesome. I do, too. So, Boo, I don't know if you saw this thing, but the U.S. News and World Report released on Tuesday said that Naples has bumped up to sixth place as the best place to live in the United States in terms of uh, based on value, desirability, job market, and quality of life. I say we ought to debunk that and say, don't come here. It's a mess. Stay away. Go to Arizona. You want heat? Go to Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're right. I mean, but here's the other thing, though. Well, you know, Collier County is larger than the state of Delaware. So we have a lot wow. of undeveloped area. I mean, we, we've got places for people to be. You can't be on the every Everything on the coast is now developed. Although, the one concern I have is that what's going to happen with these buildings that have been condemned because of Ian, uh, are they going to build high-rises? Yeah, most of the sentiment is that, no, that's not going to happen. But uh, we have this little bit of risk here that's re existing right now that uh, we could see some uh, development that could be uh, change the nature of, uh, of, the, of the coast. Yes, yeah, and I hope not. I hope they're very conservative about it, and it's not just, uh, all high rises, but I don't know. We, I guess we have to wait and see. Yeah, but nevertheless, I, 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 you know, quite frankly, Naples, in my opinion, is the best place to live in the United States. Now, you know, we've seen other things where it's the best place to retire, best place for health and and uh, happiness and so forth. It's, so, but being sixth as a base uh, based on desirability, job market, and so forth, I think that's pretty cool. Even though we've seen price rises in terms of real estate, so I'm sure that knocked us down a little bit. Yes, yeah, I think so. But you know, it's a everybody. Well. Everybody's coming to Florida. Yeah, it's Everybody's exactly. moving. I got to tell you a cute little uh, saying. It says, if God wanted us to vote, he would have given us candidates. <laughs> the problem with political jokes uh -huh. is that they get elected. I know. My dad used to say, don't vote. It only encourages them. <laughs> <laughs> Any event. <That's> good. <laughs> In any event, Boo, I really appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day in paradise. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seaton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform, and you can find out more and download the app by visiting choicesocial.us. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Greetings from Belize, sir. Yes, so you've been living in Belize, I think it's probably about a couple months now. Uh, December 10th, so almost half a year. Wow, time flies. So uh, can can you just give us a little snippet on uh, life in Belize? Well, you know, it's a third world corrupt government. However, it's one one thousandth the size of the U.S. government. Yeah. So the U.S. corruption is in every nook and cranny of existence. Here, it's much smaller it's very transactional. My contractor, who's building a little apartment under my house, my house is on pilings, is, he says, yeah, I got one guy in the ministry of whatever, and I bribe him and all my permits get approved. Whereas when I built in Collier County, Florida, the racket involves everybody. The plumber's union goes to the county office and says, here's a bribe require this, 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 and this that, that, that requires plumbers. 
Then the electricians go to the government and say, require this, 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 and this. Here's your bribe. Yeah. So I paid, I conservatively, I kept track during the bills. I conservatively wasted $100,000 on my bills uh, in Collier County, in Goodland, Florida, on stupid regulations that made no earthly sense from a building perspective at all. Yeah. So what's better, bribing one guy or bribing the entire county and all their cronies? So the point being um, is that is a, what you're saying, though, is there's corruption in government, but it is pretty well uh, institutionalized. It's just minimized. It's just minimized. Yeah. It's, 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 the government is so much smaller here that on a day-to-day basis, it just doesn't. I mean, the reason we're at each other's throats in the U.S. is because government has shoved us into corners because it's so huge. Yeah. You know, the First Amendment's freedom to assemble is one of the most undervalued rights that's abused the most right we're allowed to assemble or not assemble with people any way we wish but when government is so huge it crowds us into corners and we can't get out and we're stuck with these people we don't want to be with the primate one of the great examples of course being that poor christian baker in colorado yeah where the where the hyperactive gay couple and by hyperactive i mean politically i mean they found the one non-gay baker in the entire state of colorado and then demanded that he cook them a wedding cake. Well, he said, you know, he demurred. First yeah. Amendment, freedom to assemble. I would rather not do that. You yeah. know, it's my right to not have to do that. And the Colorado Civil Rights Commission held a gun to his head and said, you have to bake a cake for them. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when government's that big. Yeah. It, it, it creates all this friction in everyday life that makes no earthly sense if you adhere to the First Amendment. And, and the general size of government. I mean, if you want to get rid of lobbyists, you know, get rid of a $5 trillion, you know, shrink a $5 trillion government. Everybody so, bribes Mike Tyson. No one bribes the president of the chess club. Yeah. So, see, just think back to uh, 1800, and John Adams ordered the federal government to move from Philadelphia down to Washington, D.C. At the time, his request involved 125 federal employees. Five. <laughs> Wow, that, that that's the number of people in charge of post-it notes in commerce now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, the good old days, right, Seton? Hey, look, we, oh, we had just a few minutes, but I'm hoping you could comment on your latest column, The Fed, D.C.'s Independent Agency Scam. Yeah, this is just, yeah. there's there's three branches of government. You know, I don't like the designated hitter in baseball because the first line of the first Rule 1.01 in baseball is baseball is a game of nine players. Yeah. Well, the DH is a 10th player. Designated right. is a 10th player. Right. So it's in violation of rules. Well, the rules for the government is the Constitution. The Constitution says there's three players. Article 1, legislative. Article 2, executive, president. Article 3, judicial. You can't have an independent agency. Yeah. That's a fourth branch of government. You can't do it. Yeah. Now, let's set aside, and I, I forgot to mention this in the piece, let's set aside the bureau, bureaucratic state, which outlasts all administrations and all congressmen. That's a fourth branch of government. So these independent agencies, a fifth branch of government. You know, it, this, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau can fund itself. And the, and, the, and, the, and the D.C. Circuit Court said that's unconstitutional because the Constitution says the legislature shall control the power of the purse. Well, there's another agency that funds itself. It's called the Federal Communications Commission yeah. and the USF, the Universal Service Fund. Check your cell phone bill 
you'll be nauseated by the percentage. That tax goes up automatically every quarter a year, every three months, and it can go up anytime three unelected bureaucrats of the five that uh, fully populated FCC has, five commissioners, one of them is chairman, votes to raise the tax. Yeah. So th- th- this is a self-funding agency that is unconstitutional. Absolutely. And 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 so th- th- this agency, and not only do they do they tax you eight billion plus dollars a year for this universal service fund, which by the way has been changed. It was originally created under FDR to get everybody landline telephones, and then without con- con- Congress, the FCC said, "Okay, we're going to add um, broadband." And then we're going to add cell phones to the universal service fund. Well, Congress has to do that. Yeah. You can't just unilaterally do that. And they, they steal almost $8 billion a year with this tax on cell phones. And oh, you know, periodically, Congress shovels tens and hundreds of billions of dollars more into the universal service fund to connect the unconnected. Well, I wrote about this a couple months ago. It's 2023. And, and, and senators who, by the way, already voted for more money for the Universal Service Fund, uh, are complaining that we, the federal government still doesn't have a map of who's unconnected. So we've spent a trillion dollars over the course of the last 20 years on this, on this Connect the Unconnected Fund, and they don't have a map to know who's unconnected. Seton, everybody's connected. <laughs> yes. Well, that's... That's one of the lies the government t- tells. Yeah, they only count a landline, hardline, high-speed connection as connected. They don't count your cell phone, which of course is patently absurd, <laughs> because <laughs> you can watch high-def movies on your phone. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's connected. If you can go to YouTube and watch high-def movies or watch Netflix on your cellular network, right, which you can do on 4G, let alone 5G, which is going to be a gig speed up, up and down per second. You can do it on 4G, excellently. Un, you know, no, no buffering, no waiting, no, nothing. High def movies on your cellular network, and the government doesn't count that as a connection because they want to inflate the number of unconnected to justify wasting a trillion dollars on this. Yeah, no question. Seat Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit lessgovernment.org. Uh, That's the uh, website, lessgovernment.org. You can read not only this column, the Fed, DC's independent agency scam, but several others that uh, Seat has uh, written as well. You can also For visit many, many, many over the years. I'm. I'm uh... I'm a little verbose. Uh, <laughs> See, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. Seat Motley again from Belize. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's also so well informed about what's happening around the world and right here on the Paradise Coast. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. 
Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences and all. Building a performing arts center in downtown Naples can be absolutely beautiful. I believe it's opening in uh, 2024. You can find out more and get tickets for some great performances coming up at golfshoreplayhouse.org. Golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda is, uh, by the way, now a resuscitated author of Greetings from Paradise. Uh, she hasn't written it, I think, since December of 2020 or 2021. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Anyhow, she published an- another one, and it's uh, on my website. You can go to uh, bobharden.com. And just, there's a pull-down tab for Greetings from Paradise. You get a, a kind of a catch, uh, a glimpse of Linda's, I think, very entertaining writing. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You're welcome. Well, you know what? I just... I just got a message from above that I you know I finally got to have some good news exciting news to report about what's going on here instead of the the um you know the crap that's going on all over the world I mean this is some positive stuff about Naples and and the southwest Florida area so I was pleased I was just you know it just told I, I did it just in the nick of time before um because I had I had canceled um that company but um anyway so it's, I'm back yeah, so you're thanks. back, and uh, did you realize, I just found this this morning, that Naples has bumped up to sixth place and a place to live based on value, desirability, job market, and quality of life, according to the U.S. News and World Report. Oh, geez, don't tell anybody. Yeah, <laughs> that was the same notion that Boo Mortensen had earlier this morning. He says, hey, did you tell people it's terrible. <laughs> we don't want more people coming here. Isn't that amazing? Anyway, um, not to hurry us along, but I've got more information than you have time. Okay, well, let's start. Uh, first of all, let me just mention, I don't know if you mentioned it in your show previously, but Elon Musk was subpoenaed uh, to testify in the J.P. Morgan case um, regarding Jeffrey Epstein, hmm. and that's going to be news to follow. Other news to follow today is the Oversight Committee is going to be um, uh, taking questions or, or, or being on on the TV today on C-SPAN and talking about all sorts of nefarious activity that's been going on. 
in uh, with our money and and it's not directly associated with Biden today, but Marjorie Taylor Greene has been doing some very serious investigating mm -hmm. into um, uh, what do you call them? All the activity reports, the nefarious activity well, reports. Well, the, the, you're talking about the, uh, the Biden a suspicious suspicious uh, activities of banking activities. By the way, that that just makes me speechless because after listening to her on Bannon yesterday, go into all this stuff, it implicates everybody mm -hmm. because because these um, activity reports go back to when Obama was president. Yeah, and he said grace over that. Well, he ignored it. He didn't, uh, my understanding is that he knew about it, but didn't do anything about it. He should have put it at a, to a stop uh, when Biden was his vice president. Well, I mean, we could go on for an hour just about that, but yeah. let me, let's just, what, you asked me what I wanted to talk about, and the one thing that, that is totally uh, annoying me this morning is Fox News. Um, this Durham report came out yesterday and, and said the, that the FBI was, was, did a horrible job as far as this, as far as the, um, the Russian collusion case. They misrepresented everything. They never should have gotten into investigating Trump. Bottom line, Trump was right. Yeah. And Steve Ducey on Fox this morning uh, is saying, "Oh well, that happened a long time ago. All the people that were involved in that were gone." So Fox is now Fox Network, Fox News Channel. I'm not saying Maria Bartiromo because she's all over this on the Fox business, but Fox News Channel is now being an apologist for. The FBI saying, "Oh no, no, this is all—it's six or seven years well, ago. It's no big deal." Well, and let me just say this about that, real quick. Um, I'm so furious about it because guess what? Oh, FBI. Wait, you know, Christopher Ray says, "Oh, you know, we 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 took steps and got rid of all the the." Uh, that would never happen today. Yeah, and and nobody except me. And I put it on Twitter. By the way, I'm back on Twitter. Yeah, good. Drum roll. Um, but the FBI is maybe worse than it was then. It absolutely is worse than it was then. And that's the thing that the FBI puts out a statement saying, well, all those things have been corrected. It would never happen today. Well, the fact of the matter is even worse stuff is going on today. Well, they're targeting people who are praying in front of abortion clinics. They're targeting parents who, who are are upset that their kids are having CRT and woke sh uh, crap shoved down their throats and the FBI comes and storms them yeah. or or the in ca in the case of this this parent who was praying in front of the abortion clinic they it was like a Roger Stone moment they they the FBI stormed the house yeah. in front of the w wife and all their seven kids and dragged this guy off for praying and you're trying to tell me Fox News Channel that the FBI is better now? Give me a freaking break. I know, it's just incredible. Well, I'm, I'm so furious about this because they think we're stupid. Fox News, in spite of the fact that they're losing viewers by the ton, and now now they're just trying to, oh, this, it's, no, it's no big deal. By the way, I have to give credit to Brian Kilmeade. I watched Fox and Friends for like five minutes this morning, and I was so infuriated. But he was was saying, by the way, that, Fox, oh, that Trump was right all along. Trump was right all along. He, he certainly was. But you're, you're exactly right. I mean, if anything, the CIA, the FBI, the Justice Department, it's worse today than it was six years ago. Oh, and, and let's, let's, before, I, before I lose my train of thought, let me just say this about that. Now, with all the, the stuff that's going on with Biden and all of his, uh, his son's um, 
criminal activity with getting money from Ukraine and everything. What did the Justice Department do last night, the DOJ? They just called off the IRS about the investigation of Hunter Biden. Oh, nothing to see here. How do you spell cover-up? All capital letters, underscore and the, and the mainstream media is not even covering all the things that are being disclosed by Comer and the committee. Uh, you know, and the, the things that are, have, are being uncovered right now and, and explained to the American people, there are a couple of networks that are covering it, but not the mainstream media. But, but you know what? It's because they're complicit in it. They yeah. were part of it. They were part of it. You know what our Byron Donald said to the Washington Post? He tweeted it last night. I just read it this morning. He says, well, are you going to give your Pulitzer Prize back? Yeah. What they won for reporting on the on the Russian collusion case. God bless Byron because he's out there. And he is on all the other networks making a statement about this. Um, thank goodness that he's out there because because the networks won't talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene or, uh, or James Comer, as you mentioned. But Byron's on there. Byron has taken it to him. God uh, bless him. He is. And it, well, I think he's just a media favorite now. They love having him on. Uh, and he has no fear. He he's, has no fear. And, he, and he's articulate. He can explain himself so well. He's so quick on his feet. I just happen to think that it may be that Byron Donalds may be our vice wait, president. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, 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 don't. I mean, it's, it's way too soon. And you know what? Nobody knows what's going on in Trump's head except Trump. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, look what's happening. Like I said, you don't have enough time for me today. Because all this stuff that's going on this week about the Arizona, what's going on in Arizona with Carrie Lake and, yeah. and Abe um, Hamaday, yeah. that is, they have found so much information. It is going to rock this world. And now people are saying, they were saying on Twitter last night, well, what would it take to... Re, to, to um, install Kerry Lake as governor of Arizona. What would it take to put Trump back in office? Because everything that... that oh, and let me just say this about that. Um, uh, one of the commentators on, on The Five last night, the Democrat person, Jessica Tarlov, I think her name is, um, was saying, oh, well, Trump got a bump from all this, all this uh, Russian collusion case. He got a bump. I just gave her... I carved her a new one last night on Twitter because you know what? This poor man has been excoriated for the last oh. six years with, with two impeachments, all this investigation, his family, everybody has been demonized, his kids. Oh, my goodness. Um, if I were Adam Schiff right now, I'd be hiding under the bed or heading for Guam or someplace right now because, it's, it's, because they put him through hell. And this woman has the nerve to say, oh, he got a bump from all of this? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, you know, to, for our listeners, we're going to have to wind up here. But for our listeners' benefit, I do want to refer you to Greetings from Paradise on my website. Check out Linda's column. It's She's, apolitical. It's, uh, it is apolitical, <laughs> and it's all good news for the most part here on the Paradise Coast. So I hope you'll uh, check it out. If you'd like to get a copy of it, you can just respond to me uh, at my website at uh, bobhardnethotmail.com. Linda, I, always, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank my, you so my much. My rant? For, you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> okay. So kind of fired up today. So, All right. Well, that's a, a wrap here today's show. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Bob Levy, the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute on the show, as well as Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. As I mentioned, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobhardnethotmail.com, bobhardnethotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways that uh, we support our advertisers. And uh, needless to say, we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>